Welcome to MongoDB Radio. My name is Brian Ranero. In this episode, we're talking about the Mean Stack with Jason Zucchetto. Jason is a man of many talents. He and I first worked together as teammates on MongoDB's consulting engineering team. Since that time, he's gone on to be a curriculum engineer in our education team and is now a product manager responsible for features such as zone charting and collation support. In this episode, Jason takes us on a layer-by-layer tour of the Mean Stack, a set of software frameworks where application logic is pushed out to the client rather than being handled by the server. Hello, everybody. Today, I am joined by Jason Zucchetto, a colleague of mine from the consulting team who is now in education. I usually speak very highly about our, well, I always speak very highly about our education <laughs> curricula on MongoDB University, and I can confidently do that because I know that Jason is a big part of that curricula, contributing a great deal to it. Jason's an interesting person. As I say, we've worked together on the consulting team for a long time. But that doesn't encapsulate Jason. There's more to it. You've got kind of an interesting background in yourself. Yeah, sure. So 10 years as a Java architect, team lead slash developer, started a company in, in Silicon Valley. After the company ran out of money, about three years later, we raised around $500,000 for the company. After it ran out of money, I had been using MongoDB. We did a big transition of our, our database from MySQL to MongoDB. I saw that this is the future and sort of fell in love with, with the document model for storing data and then transitioned to MongoDB. And that was about 2012, October 2012 is when I joined MongoDB. Back when you were running your business, that was you were in Y Combinator, right? Like yep. you, you yeah, were and, and we were storing, as a content management system, we were using MongoDB for. And so MongoDB helped us with our, our specific problem of, of how our articles were structured, and there were very a lot of sparsely used fields, and so it was really nice for that system. Yeah, and the, the idea that you would otherwise, in a traditional relational database, you'd have nullability fields. You'd have yep. null columns that wouldn't necessarily be required to be there. Yep. Interesting yep. stuff. What was it when you were working with MongoDB at that time that you thought it was the, the future? What was the indicator? We were able to develop so much faster. And so we had about 150 tables in MySQL, and then we condensed that into four or five collections in MongoDB. And so we were able to take what an article looks like on our site and compress that into a, a single document. And so it was a lot easier for us to move on that and iterate and develop against it to add additional fields, add new types of charts, financial data for companies. And so this was a lot easier for us to work with instead of a long history of designing relational databases. And so I would spend sometimes one or two weeks just designing the schema for the relational database. And so we were able to move really quick in that way where I could just not spend so much time on the database design. Hmm. Uh, MongoDB still requires schema design. You know, we say it's a dynamic schema. It's not schema-less. There's a dynamic schema. And so you still need to consider how you're going to store the elements and make sure that every query is in the index. But it's not as involved as designing a relational database. Yeah, I think that's actually an important distinction. People will refer to MongoDB as being schema-free, or they'll extend that to thinking that it's a structureless data which I don't think is accurate. I mean, you look at JSON documents, and that is very structured data. It's just the structure can take many forms. Exactly. Distinction. So cool. Today, we're going to be talking about the mean stack. And I have to say that I'm peripherally familiar with the mean stack myself, but I'm an old Java developer yeah. myself. 
many years ago, more tuned to C++. Obviously, working at MongoDB, you get involved in JavaScript. But when we're talking about the mean stack, this is a new hotness. What are we discussing here? Sure. So the mean stack stands for MongoDB, Express, Angular, and Node.js. Quickly summarize it. And I recently started working with the mean stack, and I come from a Java development background. And so I'm trying to explain it sort of how I saw it and sort of simplify how I learned the stack. MongoDB is our database. That's where we're storing our documents and our data for our application. Node.js, which is the N, uh, last letter within the mean stack, is our application server. So this is what's querying the database, serving requests. So we do an HTTP request, it serves that traffic back. And then we have the two letters in the middle, the E and the A. Express is a node library that's used for routing and creating routes and, and so I can have slash user slash one two three and this would return all the information for user one two three and so I'm going to use express to really simplify how easy it is for me to create routes and create endpoints that I can use to query from the client side. So that would be like if when we say routes we're saying uh, and endpoints these would be like a restful API. Exactly. Yep. That if I wanted to look for users slash JSON, that's yep. a path in the URL, that Express allows me to create a path in Node to the correct code that handles that particular. Yeah, it'll simplify just how easy it is to create that route. So you can use the Express generator to generate an entire stubbed out project for you. Or you can just add routes and use the Express library to say, you know, this URL should execute this block of code. And so they've really simplified how easy it is to create these routes and have endpoints that the client can talk to. Yeah, I played with it a little bit myself, and I have to say, while I'm no expert, I was really surprised at how much easier just that one component makes your development of an application. And, and when we say the mean stack, too, we're, we're talking about the full application stack yep. implementation. Yep. From back-end data store up to the application server. Yep. It's really kind of fun to prototype with a system like this. Yeah, So, and coming from a Java background, I've, I've used a Spring for my controllers in the past, and the amount of code and setup there can be a lot. There's a Spring Boot project, which has sort of simplified that a little bit, but still a lot of code compared to using Node and Express to, to create your controllers and your routes. And there's a few other projects in Java to sort of streamline how you create routes and, and controllers, but none of them are really matched how simple it is with Node to set up these endpoints. The one part that I'm not so familiar with is Angular, the yep. A and mean. Yep. So what's, what's the deal with Angular? Sure. So what, what's becoming popular now is to have single-page web apps. You're creating an application that it's never sending another page request to the server. It's sort of containing everything within the current page request and doing things in the background using JavaScript asynchronously calling the web application server and asking for a user's profile or making changes to a database and getting those responses and, and working with those responses. So single page web apps sort of have become the standard now with modern web applications and Angular I'd say is one of the more popular frameworks for single page web apps and for organizing how it all works. So Angular will give you a model view controller pattern, so you can set up controllers within your Angular app. You can set up endpoints within your Angular app. It'll look like you're specifying URLs within your controllers for your Angular 
application, but everything just comes after a hashtag. So it puts a hashtag at the end of the URL and then puts the endpoint from Angular after that. And so you can develop an entire application in Angular, and this is all client-side JavaScript. So then the only thing Node is doing with the help of Express is just serving JSON documents back to Angular. So we're really limiting the amount of work the application server does. The application server for the applications I've developed with the, the mean stack is essentially just querying the database and returning results. It generates those views, but a lot of the complex work is being done in Angular on the client side. And so we're relying on JavaScript to do a lot of this work to change views and to move around the application. When we start thinking about the whole stack, the whole mean stack, it sounds kind of like Node and Express used in conjunction. That's actually acting as a data services layer for what's happening on the client side with Angular and in the browser. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. And we can add another layer here, which is Mongoose. And Mongoose makes it really easy to specify a model for a collection in, in MongoDB and then to cast those documents to a, an object uh, in Node and, and return those. So Mongoose makes it even simpler to work with MongoDB through our express routes. I think the hardest part of the mean stack is really learning Angular, at least for me. So you can fairly easily set up a node application using Express and MongoDB and, and even Mongoose. And that will take you five or 10 minutes, maybe. It, it, it'll be really quick and straightforward. You can serve simple pages. You can serve JSON responses. You can query the database. But now when you want to create that modern web application that changes panes and you can move things around and does everything without reloading the web page, that's where you're going to use Angular. And Angular is, in my opinion, the most complex part of the, the mean stack. That's where I find, actually, of that stack, that's where I find most of the buzz is currently right now. And that's the newest comer of those. Like, Node's been around for a while. Express has been around for a while. I'm told MongoDB has been around for a while. But is Angular a relatively new part of this architecture? I'm not completely sure how Angular fits in the, the history. Angular 2 is on the horizon, and Angular 2 is not backwards compatible okay. with Angular, so you'll need, need to rewrite a lot of your Angular components. The biggest one's React. There's sort of a React camp, and there's Angular camp. There's also sort of friendly libraries like Ionic, which will let you convert an Angular app or use an Angular app for building a mobile application. And so you can build your, your app once in Angular and then use Ionic to turn it into a mobile Android or iOS application. Wow, that's really cool. I mean, and then it, I guess the idea is the need to support all these diverse set of browsers yeah. is that much easier with Ionic. Yeah, well, the idea is that you develop your app once and then it runs on a mobile application or runs as a mobile application and as a web app and you're just using the same code in both places. That's something that would sound familiar to a Java <laughs> developer. Yeah. 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 Pretty cool. Yeah. So when you got started exploring this stuff, how did you take a bite? What was your jumping off point? The first thing I did was just get MongoDB up and running. So the MongoDB is going to be a database within the, the mean stack and, and just becoming familiar with MongoDB. And this is usually the first way I suggest to start learning the mean stack. And then next is setting up Node.js you know, running the server, creating a, a small sample application that can query the database. And sort of these two things, you have your node server running, you have the MongoDB database server running, and they're both talking to each other. And then 
using Express to create some sample routes. And I actually really recommend using Express Generator to stub out an application for you because that will create the routes and the views for you automatically. And you could right away start up your node server and then you have the routes there and you can you know go to them in the web browser and then suddenly you're using Express, Node, and, and MongoDB. And then when you want to add Angular in, I think that's where the, the most difficulty comes. For me, the easiest thing to do was to learn Angular independently of Node, MongoDB, and Express. So I learned Angular with a, just a static site just to learn how it worked. And then after I learned how Angular worked, I started plugging in the routes and having it query the database for results and, and working with the, the Express routes. Let's spend some time in the Angular area. That sounds pretty curious to me. What do I need to know about using Angular to understand? Like, okay, so I'm going to be retrieving, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm going to be retrieving data back from the node server. You could be drawing data back deeper from MongoDB. I'm going to get that back in a JSON document, a a request. I'm going to have a JSON response. Now I've got this JSON object, and I want to translate it either into the presentation to the user. That's where Angular is doing its work. Yep, exactly. Okay. And so the the first place you'd start is defining the controllers for your Angular application. And there's usually a fallback controller. So it's like if-else or a case statement where if it doesn't match anything, then this is where it should go. And so you're defining your controllers. And after you've defined your controller, so you may have a controller for user's profile. Um, after you define the, the controller for the user's profile, then you'll define the code for that controller and the template that's used for that controller. So which HTML code should it use? Angular uses its own HTML tags to do for loops and to iterate through data to display data within HTML. So you define a HTML template that gets loaded as part of that controller's view. When you hit that controller for the user's profile, it's going to load a template. And then if you passed in, for instance, a JSON document to that template, you can iterate over an array or iterate over or display the values from the fields. But you're essentially setting up controllers and views that those controllers will execute and, and display. Hmm. Sounds pretty. Sounds pretty cool. So then you can think about if you create a complex Angular applications, you you may have 10, 20, 30 views, and then you know, the equivalent number of controllers, and then they all interact with another. And if you click, you know, user profile, it goes to the correct controller to show the user profile. If I clicked user stats or user followers or whatever it may be, I'm just going to go to that controller and get that view, but I never have to re- refresh the web page. It's all within a single page. It's, it's never reloading the entire page, just reloading elements of it or viewing elements of it. So I would think also that this is a, a nice pattern. If I were a server-side application engineer or ops guy, I'm thinking that, great, if we unload some of the responsibility for this out to the client side, yep. outside of my hardware, yep. that means that less har- I have to allocate less hardware and pay for less hardware on my side, like yep. if I'm sending that work out to the browser. Yeah, you're, you're definitely doing a lot less work on the application server side. So for instance, I just worked on a Java application using the Angular, and my Java application is just a bunch of endpoints. It's returning JSON, so it checks the user's logged in, mm-hmm. certain things there. A lot of the rendering and 
things I would do in the past with Java with creating the, the views has been moved out and I've moved a lot of it over to Angular. Of course, you need some stub code to, to make sure you're serving up the Angular application. You know, it's, it's serving up the correct JavaScript files and all that, but then you can do a lot of the rendering, a lot of the complex uh, workflows and, and uh, creating the pages through JavaScript and, and Angular. Just based on what you've said so far, the main benefits of I became a C-level exec, I, I think about using the mean stack. The thing that's going to appeal to me is that it's simpler to start building stuff out. So my developers are going to be more productive. It's possible by using this kind of dispersal of workload to the client side that I'll need less infrastructure. Would you say that that's driving adoption in this case? Are there additional uh, benefits on top of that as well? Where I've seen the most benefit is any type of complex web application where you want a uh, modern web application that's doing a lot of work and you don't want to constantly reload the page or you want to have a really nice interface. I'd say that's where I see the best use cases for Angular. I I still think the really simple web application where I'm just showing a listing of articles or something, it's really simple. I may not even want to use Angular in that scenario because Mm. I don't need to do a lot of you know, work to learn Angular and, and all these things. But anytime I want to load in an article or uh, let the user edit the article or do more complex things within my web application, I really like Angular as a, a framework there. I'd say any modern web application where you want to add a lot of functionality to the client side, I, I really like Angular. Sounds good. For simplicity, am I paying a price in performance? Where I've seen issues is where sites aren't using the minimized version of the the JavaScript for Angular and some of the the libraries there. And so there are sites where it takes several seconds just to download all of this JavaScript code from the application server to your web browser, and then it starts executing within your web browser. And so the the thing to be careful of is that you're not having the users download too much JavaScript code and executing that in the browser. So you want to make sure you use the easy thing to do is make sure you use the minimized versions right, of the JavaScript files. And if you're using Bootstrap, the minimized version of that and the other libraries you're using. But also your JavaScript application code, your Angular application code, you want to make sure you're not sending too much data to a client because it could take them a lot of time, maybe several seconds, just to get all the files and then render the web page. Right, and this is for mobile applications too, through LTE networks, you know, you're inducing more load on the network and I guess you're using a bandwidth that the end user has to pay for. Yeah, so if you look through a mobile web browser, yeah, it's gonna take, it could even take longer than a desktop browser, for instance, and then you get the data charges. (laughs) Yeah, pretty cool stuff. Can you talk a little bit more about how Mongoose fits into this? Because that's, you you don't necessarily have to use Mongoose in this. What is Mongoose and why would I want to use it? Mongoose is really an ODM for writing MongoDB validation casting and business logic. I have to ask, ODM stands for? Object Data Mapper. So this is taking an object and then mapping it to some type of data structure. This is going to simplify, say we have, we store in the database user ID as, as an integer, one, two, three. And then when we move it back from the database to our node application and to our JSON document, we want to preserve that type as being a number, as one, two, three. And so in Mongoose, I can define a schema for collection and say this user profile is a number. And then when you're translating between the database and the JSON document, it will know that to cast this 
and make sure it represents it as a number within the node application. So Mongoose is really simplifying how we interact with MongoDB and the amount of code you need to query MongoDB and work with it is dramatically reduced when you're using Mongoose within a node application. So, and also it's providing me degree of safety that if I was saying one, two, three as a user ID and then and inadvertently introduced code that accidentally stored that as a string, yep. Mongoose will catch that and prevent that. Exactly. Yep. Well, cool. This is the case in point of putting schema enforcement on the application side. Yeah, yep, exactly. So Mongoose will, you can define a model in Mongoose and then, you know, we talked about the dynamic schema of MongoDB, but we're still defining these within Mongoose and keeping to some type of structure within the application. Keeping yourself out of trouble. Yeah. Especially if you've gotten used to this paradigm of rapid prototyping and things like that, you may need to have just a little bit of a, yeah. a seat belt to keep you from exactly. getting into trouble. Yeah. Very cool. You're now in the education team. Do you have a course on the MeanStack? Are you planning on uh, So there is, we have a course on the edX platform for the MeanStack. We've had a tremendous amount of success there. We have lots and lots of people signing up for the course. So I definitely recommend signing up for the course. It's free. And so if you go to edX and you search for the MeanStack course, you'll see it there. It's a great course. I definitely recommend it. And that course will also go through Ionic at the end and converting your Angular application to a mobile application, a native mobile application. How long are the are the courses? If I wanted to start it, like how much time commitment am I looking at? On the our edX course, I believe is five modules, and you can do those. And I think it's, it's it can take a few weeks, but it depends on how fast you want to go through the material. I mean, like honestly, if I were coming to the stack, I need to devote some time to making sure I understand it. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, it's not it's, yeah. it's simple, but it's not trivial, is what I'm guessing. Yeah, and my my best advice is to learn Angular independently. I, I mean, maybe it's my background, but I found Angular to be the the hardest part of the stack. The MongoDB, Express, and Node.js part is pretty straightforward and simple. I think you can get running with those three within 10 minutes or so, 20 minutes. It's not a lot there. And then Angular is going to take the majority of the time. This is how you're creating that that modern web application that's not going to reload the page in a single-page application. And so I learned Angular independently of Mongo Express and Node portions. So do you see, because of frameworks like this, because of stacks like this, that JavaScript is going to, well, obviously grow, but eventually eclipse other languages? I mean, is this the the way that most web stack development is going to go? If not already, I know it's hard to know which... Language is going to be the is currently the most popular, but yeah, I, I think for me personally, I, I do really enjoy writing applications in JavaScript for Node. I really do enjoy working with it. I, I still think that Java is going to be the main language in the enterprise, but we're still seeing Node becoming more popular in the enterprise. But Java has all the libraries, all the integrations across you know every system you can imagine, right. and so there's still a lot of investment there, and I don't see Java going away anytime soon. But Node is, is getting more popular, especially within the large enterprises that I've worked with. And so I, I'm seeing a lot of things moving in the right direction for Node. So it's, it's, it's looking good. One of the interesting things about it to me is that how fast it was to set up an application, even if I just wanted to test an idea. Yep. It was certainly surprising to me to pop something open in Node and work against the database. Yeah, if you just think about 
if you wanted to create a simple web application in Java, for instance, I keep going back to Java because I have so much right. experience there. If you wanted to create a simple web application in Java, the amount of code you need, there's quite a lot. So if you compare that to Node, the amount of code you need to create this simple web application is much smaller. And so there's a lot of advantages there with quickly creating web applications and getting them running. And then, of course, the frameworks on top of that to create your modern web applications like Angular. And, and you can also look at React. So. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. Any uh, things that you're going to be doing lately for the education team? Any new modules that you're going to be doing? Maybe not for the mean stack, but you've been working on any new courses? So it looks like we'll have a course on diagnostics and debugging at some point on our university site. So that's university.mongodb.com. That will eventually make it. We're working on the outline now and some of the components to it. Getting in more detail on some of our existing courses, such as more internals for uh, potentially for replication or sharding or, or some of the other topics. So any restaurants that you recommend in downtown Palo Alto? Orange Hummus. <laughs> <laughs> Always a favorite. It's good, yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Thanks very much. I, Thank that's you. for coming right up on the top of the hour. So thanks for your time, Jason. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening, folks. If you like what you hear, let us know. Like us on iTunes and join us at mongodb.com community. And don't forget to tune in next time.